Well, hi, everyone. Thanks for joining us today. Uh, it's kind of surreal to think that here we are. We're past Thanksgiving 2020. Uh, who would have ever thought that we would be here today? I, I just want to say a big thanks to uh, our tech team. We're here with a, a bare bones crew, but I, I sure appreciate them. Nicole, uh, Gaston, Philip, thank you so much for uh, all the work that you and all the others uh, put in to make this possible so that we can speak to our church. You know, uh, again, welcome uh, to all of you, especially if you're joining us, watching us for the very first time. We are so thankful that you're out there. And if you get a chance during this service, uh, maybe go to the chat, bo chat box and let us know where you're from. That always, it really does encourage us. You know, for, for more than a month now, we've been in a series here called What's Good? And uh, the intent behind this series has been to, to talk about things that are good, especially in a time when there seems to be very little good, all, all bad it seems. And so it's been a great series as we focused on what's good. And today I'm really excited uh, with this message to, to talk to you about my favorite subject, and that's the church. So uh, why don't you grab a Bible, turn to Matthew chapter 5, the first book in the New Testament, Maybe get something to write on, perhaps a, a tab of paper, uh, something to, to write with. Or you can open up our South Bay Community Church app and follow along there. Uh, you can also follow the verses there. Uh, but before I get started, let me just give thanks for our time together today, all right? Father, thank you so much for getting us together. You say that in all things, we ought to give thanks, and we are so thankful for you. Thank, thank you for your love Thank you for seeing us through this very difficult year. And I know for probably most of us, this has been maybe been the most difficult Thanksgiving we have ever had because it has been nothing like anything we've ever experienced before. But Father, that doesn't negate the fact that we uh, should be thankful, and we are. We are so thankful for you. Thank, thankful for your love, thankful for your faithfulness and good to, uh, goodness to us. And Father, today as we gather one more time, I, I pray that in every way you would speak so very, very clearly to us about what is good. And there is so much that is good. There is good, and I thank you for the church because in my mind, the church is what's good. So again, Father, take over from here. I pray that your Holy Spirit would speak to us. Let it be you, not me. And uh, let, let what we hear today encourage our hearts and, and, and change us so that we can be the people you want us to be. So thank you, Father. Uh, we commit this time to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I think we can all agree on one thing, and that is that this has been quite a year. And if you had to come up, okay, so I've got a little exercise for you. If you had to come up with one word to describe 2020, what word would you choose? All right, think about that. What's one word that you would choose to describe 2020? Okay, got it? All right. What word did you choose? Now, here are a couple words I chose. Maybe you chose the word crazy. I chose the word crazy. Or how about disastrous? Because this has been a disastrous year. Maybe depressing or lonely or painful or wasted. This has been a wasted year, a lost year. How about chaotic or sad? What word did you choose to describe 2020? Now, I want you to think of a second word, right? This second word uh, 
is a word that I want you to come up with that describes the state of the church during the pandemic. Not, not a word that, that describes South Bay Community Church, but a church that describes the church in general and the state of the church during these last nine or ten months. All right? Think of the word. All right? Got a word? All right. What did you come up with? Maybe the word you chose was struggling or desperate or discouraged or uncertain or declining or silenced, persecuted, dying, or even dead. What word did you choose to describe the church? If you chose one of these words, you wouldn't be far off base because we're hearing that a lot of churches are struggling today. A lot of churches are struggling today, and it makes a lot of sense because these are very difficult days. Now, without minimizing the struggles that churches and even God's people have faced this year, uh, I want to remind you that churches have always, always struggled. Churches have always struggled throughout history, God's people have contended with lockdowns and with persecution and with war, wars and calamities, sometimes um, on an unimaginable scale. I think about Moses. Uh, he was logged down in the Sinai Desert for 40 years, leading uh, maybe a couple million disgruntled Jews. And before that, they were locked down in Egypt for 400 years. And it was when they were locked down in the desert that God made himself known. And they saw the hand of God move as he provided for them, as he led them through the desert. In 586 BC, Daniel and his people, the Jews, were uprooted from their homes and they were taken captive to Babylon where they were locked down for 70 years. But it was during those 70 years when God spoke to Daniel about things pertaining to the future and he wrote the wonderful book of Daniel. During his ministry, the Apostle Paul was locked down in various prisons, probably over a six year period. But that's when he wrote four of his epistles, Ephesians, Colossians, Philippians, and Philemon. And then the apostle John was locked down, exiled on the island of Patmos. And it was during that time, during that lockdown, that he wrote the book of Revelation. And soon after the church was formed in Acts chapter 2, believers were almost immediately forced into lockdown when they were vilified and attacked and targeted for death by, by the religious community, the Jews, like Saul of Tarsus, and by the Roman government itself. And you know what happened? It was during that lockdown period that the gospel just exploded, and it spread under the scene. You see, throughout history, God's people have faced adversity and hardship and, and trials and lockdowns. And when they have, the issue has always been, the issue has always been, how will the church respond? How will the church react? What will they do? How will they thrive under these adverse conditions? Well, the other day, Tom Rainer, who is a well-known church consultant, posted a very disturbing article in which he stated that the majority of pastors that he has been in contact with uh, recently have been thinking about quitting. Majority of pastors are thinking about quitting. He said he's never seen anything like it. Rainer then came up with six reasons, six reasons why an unprecedented number of pastors are considering walking away from their churches. 
And here's what he said. Number one, he said, the first reason why pastors are thinking about quitting today is that number one, pastors are weary from the pandemic just like the rest of us. He said they're weary just like all of us are. Number two, he said pastors are greatly discouraged about the fighting taking place among church members about the post-quarantine church. They're discouraged about the, the fighting in church. Number three, pastors are discouraged about losing members in attendance. Rayner said that most pastors have directly or indirectly been told by one quarter of their congregation, one quarter, that they have no plans to return to church once it reopens. Number four, Rayner said pastors don't know if their churches will be able to support ministries financially in the future. You know, in the early days of the pandemic, Rayner said that giving for most churches was, was up, it was good, it was, it was strong. But over time, it began to decline to the place where churches are wondering whether they will even survive. Number five, he said, criticisms against pastors have increased significantly. And Rainer, Rainer cited one pastor in particular who told him that the number of criticisms he receives, that he has received during the pandemic has increased fivefold. It's increased fivefold. Number six, he said the workload for pastors has increased greatly. And to sum it up, to sum it up, Rainer concluded that pastors in unprecedented numbers are thinking about quitting today, walking away from their churches because, get this, because of people. They're thinking about walking away because of people. You know, one of the top reasons why a pastor enters in the ministry is because of his love for people. And now Rainer is hearing that many pastors are thinking of leaving the ministry because of people. Oh, what, a, what a heartbreaking turn of events. Well, church, I want you to know that your pastors, all six of us, aren't going anywhere. And probably you're, some of, maybe some of you are probably wishing that we would go away, but, but we're not going anywhere, right? We're not going anywhere, and the reason is you. It's, it's your fault. It's your fault. It, it's because of you we're not going anywhere because, because you inspire us. And you encourage us. And you support us. See, you are what's good. You are what's good. The church is what's good. You are a good church. And there are so many reasons for that. There really are. And I want to just give you a few today. The first is found in the, in the Sermon on the Mount. When Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, I asked you to turn there. Matthew 5, verse 14 and 15, or through 16. Jesus said, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. You can stop there. Jesus said, Jesus said that we, his people, we are the light of the world. We are the light of the world. In other words, we are the representation of his glory to the world. We are his representation, the representation of his nature to the world. We reflect who he is to the world. And God, Jesus here, used the metaphor of a light. A light, and he said, he said a light that doesn't shine is worthless. A light that is hidden is worthless. A light that is put under a basket can't shine its light, light therefore it's worthless. You know, one of the reasons why you inspire us is because you allow your light to shine. You have not allowed a virus to muzzle the light of Jesus in you. Now, let me give you some examples. Recently, a group of our people uh, put together a, a small little clothing drive just among some, a small group of people. And it started when one of them 
went out one day and saw a homeless man shivering in the cold. And they told this person, told this to the others, and so they began collecting jackets and blankets and socks and baseball caps and food. And this week, they went out to Alonja Park into a homeless encampment here on Lomita and Van Ness, and they, and they just gave them away. Here, here's some amazing pictures. They just gave them away, and, and every time they found somebody, they would share the gospel with them and told, tell them that God loves them, and they prayed for them. They prayed for everyone that they met. And I love this particular fo- photo of Annie Mason praying for a man named Jorge. And Jorge sleeps in the, in the back of this old beat-up truck that doesn't run anymore, doesn't have any tires sleeps there with one, one solitary blanket. And of course, when, when Annie and, and Lisa uh, heard his story, it broke their hearts. So they went out the next day, bought a tent and sleeping bag, and took it back to him. And Jorge was so excited, he called the gift his casa. Casa means home and, or house in Spanish. This is es mi casa. And, 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 there, and so our church people are just out there letting their light shine. Last week, I heard about a bunch of our college students put together a bunch of goodie bags for about 40 foster kids, things like school supplies and masks and socks and snacks, and are giving it out to these foster kids. They're just letting their light shine, our college students are. Recently, one of our life groups heard about the struggles of a single mom in our church, and she's struggling because she has a young autistic son and, and she needed baby food, ran out of baby food. So that life group, this life group took up a collection and they didn't know what the left hand was giving to the right hand and they didn't know who was giving what. And they ended up giving her over $800. I think it's the first time they're hearing that. They gave her over $800. They're just letting their light shine. About a month ago, another single mom in our church had surgery to remove a, a mass from her body. A whole bunch of you just rallied around her. And you've been providing meals for her. The day before Thanksgiving, we delivered a a turkey and all the fixings to her. I mean, our people are just letting their light shine. Last week, a bunch of you participated in the Operation Christmas Child with Samaritan's Purse. And you filled up these shoe boxes and you, you brought them to church. You filled it up with all these goodies. And here's some photos, and you dropped it off this, this last Saturday, dropped it off, and Darnell and Gary and, and Mike and Brian were there to receive these boxes, and they were so thrilled. You, 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 we collected over 250 boxes, and soon those boxes will bring bright smiles to 250-plus to kids somewhere in the world, somewhere in the world this Christmas, just like it did for these kids. And you're just letting your light shine. Several months ago, Stanley Yang, who attends our church, leads an entertainment company, hired a chef on his own dime, hired a chef to make more than 100 meals, warm meals for people in our community. He brought all those meals. He says, can we use the church as a a place where we can distribute the meals? And and people drove, drove by and they just gave away these meals, just sharing the love of God, just letting their light shine. Some of you are familiar with Bridget's story. She's a single mom. She's been attending our church for quite a number of years now. She's got three young children. Her youngest is Nehemiah, who from day one, here he is here, has had a whole slew of medical issues. For whatever reason, he'll stop breathing in the middle of the night. And it's been a harrowing experience for for both mother and son. And and I, I think that even to this day, the doctors have yet to diagnose his condition. He's doing well today. But unfortunately, unfortunately, the transmission in her car gave out. And it prevents her from getting to and from the hospital. 
when some of the people in our church heard about her plight, they took up a collection on their own. They said, we got to help her. We got to help her with her transmission. They received, they got more money. That, uh, they had more than enough money to pay for the transmission, but they, they got so much money, they said, you know, the car's got more problems. Let's just get her a new used car. And that's what they did. Sir Francis went out and found a, a new used car for her. And we had enough funds to, uh, they, had, they collected enough funds to pay for the, for the license for the car and get it smogged. And, and uh, on, behalf, on behalf of you, on behalf of all those who contributed, Pastor Greg handed her the keys the day before Thanksgiving. And they were just thrilled. Perhaps unbeknownst to most of you, about a month ago, Willie, Vern, Sherry, Darnell took a COVID test. And after they tested negative... They jumped on a plane and headed to Quincy, Louisiana. Quincy, Louisiana to help some of the residents there put their lives back together after two hurricanes ravaged their neighborhood. Hurricanes Laura and Beta. And they were there. And why would they take such risks to themselves and their own families to help people? They don't even know. Why would they do it? Because that's what the church does. That's what the church does. They allow the light of Jesus to shine through them so that others will see their good works and glorify their Father in heaven. Oh, and there's more. There's more. Several months ago, some of our church members heard about families uh, going hungry on the streets of Manila because of COVID-19. They lost their jobs and they couldn't feed their families. And so uh, some of our people heard about it. So we sent five different pastors in Manila, five different ones, uh, some funds so that they could go out and buy food and water for some of these needy families. And I heard that these pastors, when they gathered these families together to give them the food, they shared the gospel with them. And I heard that one pastor, just one pastor alone, led over 40 people to Jesus Christ just when he shared that food from our church with them. All this because they want to shine the light of Jesus. This week, someone in our church um, heard about the plight of more than 100 pastors in the Isabella area just north of Manila because uh, I, I believe it was about a week ago, 10 days ago, uh, Hurricane, uh, Hurricane uh, Ulysses, I believe, just went through there, just, just destroyed the area. So now you've got COVID and, and they're not working and their congregations have dwindled because of COVID and now, now the hurricane has destroyed their homes and they, and they are on the verge of starving. And so this, this man in our church just sent some funds. And, and this week, just the other day, they, they were able to purchase rice and hand it out to these pastors. And they are so grateful. You see, the first reason why South Bay Community Church is good is because you haven't allowed the lockdown to extinguish your light. You, you, you just keep shining the light of Jesus through this pandemic. And you, you can write that one down. Our church is good because it shines the light of Jesus. And, and I got to tell you, that just pumps us up. It just gets us so excited. And church, I want to encourage you to keep doing that. Even, even after the holidays, keep doing that. Keep letting your light shine. And you know, we, we realize these are dangerous times. This is a very serious, we're in the, in the midst of a very serious health crisis right now. But, but we still need to let our light shine. And, and many of you are, are not going to be comfortable uh, interacting with people face-to-face. And, and some of you shouldn't. And that's okay. It's okay not to do that. Find other ways. Find other ways. Give, give a shut-in. 
a telephone call. Don't just call them once. Call them regularly. Write out a prayer and email it to someone. Do that regularly because there are ways, many ways that you can let your light shine. I know that there's a grandfather at church writes a devotional to his grandchildren every single day and emails it to them. They have a, a devotional from grandpa every single day. See, you don't need to go out and interact with people face-to-face to be a light. There's so many ways to do that. And if you haven't already, uh, I want to challenge you to think about signing up for our Blessing Bag Exchange Project, which we're, which we're going to be doing here uh, this December. The deadline to sign up is coming up next week. And if you sign up, you will receive two Blessing Bags. Uh, and all you need to do is fill it up with your favorite snacks Your favorite snacks, we don't want you to spend a lot of money, but just fill it up with your favorite snacks. Write a Christmas greeting. Write a a Christmas letter out. And then when you come to pick up these blessing bags here at church in a couple weeks, we're going to give you these bags. We'll also give you the name and the address of somebody in our church. And that's the person you're going to give that bag to. You're going to give one of the bags to. And on the appointed day, you can take your bag when it's all filled up, take it over to their house. And just like Amazon, you ring the doorbell and you can leave it at their doorstep if you don't feel comfortable enough to give it to them face to face. Leave it at the doorstep. And then we want you to get your other bag and that's going to be filled with goodies as well. And we want you to give it to somebody who doesn't attend our church. It might be a homeless person. It might be somebody you work with. It might be your neighbor. But give it away to somebody just to share the love of God with them, just to be a blessing to them. And the cool part about this is if you sign up, not only will you be able to give a bag to somebody in our church, you're going to receive a bag from somebody in our church. And it's going to be, it's why we call it the Blessing Exchange. Uh, and it's going to be wonderful. And I'm so excited about this. I really am. I'm think, I've been thinking about the snacks that I'm going to put in my Blessing Bag. And, and I want to tell you what I'm going to put in there. My Blessing Bag is going to contain uh, ketchup-flavored Lay's potato chips. This is so, I'm so happy about this because now I don't have to empty uh, uh, you know, some ketchup into a plate and, and dip my potato chips in. They got, they've got ketchup-flavored potato chips now, and I'm going to include that in my bag. And Oreo-flavored, a packet of Oreo-flavored ramen. It's going to be in there. A can of silkworm pupa. That's Pastor Caleb's favorite snack. And a couple of scorpion suckers. And an original bag of poo. And our original bag of poo is not what you think it is, all right? It's not what you think it is. The original bag of poo is brown cotton candy, all right? Brown cotton candy. And I know know some of you are thinking, oh, I hope I get Pastor Gary's bag. I hope I get that. And maybe you will, right? But but you got to sign up. You got to sign up. Go to our website today. Don't don't put it off because you'll forget. Just sign up today, and and it's going to be wonderful. Tom Rayner said that one of the reasons why many pastors are thinking about quitting is because giving... And in, in their churches have gone, has gone way down. And I want you to know that um, giving at our church has, has remained very strong throughout the entire year. It's been very strong. And I believe that's a reflection of, of the church's heart, your heart. You know, Matthew chapter 6 in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus said this about the connection between uh, your heart and your wallet. Here's what he said in Matthew chapter 6. Verse 19, Jesus said, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys, where thieves do not break in and steal, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. You know, in a nutshell, Jesus said, you can't take your money with you, 
but you can send it on ahead. You can't take it with you, but you can send it on ahead. And you can send it on ahead when you generously give and share with others what God has given to you. And the key here is verse 21. The key here is verse 21, which says, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. In other words, Jesus said, where you spend your money is a reflection of your heart. Now, years ago, a pastor told me that he could assess the state of my heart by examining my checkbook. Now, most people don't have checkbooks anymore today, but way back then, we, we had checkbooks, and, and that's kind of scary that he can assess the condition of my heart by looking at my checkbook. And I, I didn't dare show him my checkbook because I knew that what he said was, was right. He was, he was spot on. All he needed to do was see what I was spending my money on, and he could, he could tell me what the condition of my heart was. Let me ask you something. If I looked at your bank statement and saw everything that you spend with your debit card, what would it tell me about the condition of your heart? You see, a second reason why our church is good is because of your big heart. Your big heart. You know, there probably isn't a week that goes by when we don't hear of at least one story of someone's generosity, someone in our church's generosity. We, we hear these stories over and over and over again. We see it over and over again and it's a reflection of our church's heart. And because of your generosity, our elders have endeavored to be good stewards of what you give to the church. You know, I don't talk about this very often, but I thought be, this would be a good time just to, to give you a quick little update on on what we've been spending some of the money that you've given to the church, what we've been spending it on. Let me tell you what we've done just this year during the pandemic. During the pandemic, not before, but during. First, we uh, sent financial gifts to seven pastors and one missionary in Japan during the pandemic. Because, and some of it has been ongoing. Some of it has been a special gift to them because we know this has been a tough year for them as well. Second, we have sent financial gifts to our missionaries in Spain, Patterson's, to a missionary couple in Thailand, the Akedas, an extra gift to Sherry uh, Roberts in Uganda. Third, the elders decided that this year they wanted to begin supporting the, the uh, work of two ministers who are focused on reaching young people. The first is Rich Hung, who is on staff with the National School Project, and second is Tom Sheck who serves on the staff of the Fellowship of Christian Athletes here in the South Bay. Both, both men have been our friends for a long, long time, and we're excited to partner with them as they, try to reach, as they endeavor to reach young people. Fourth, we began supporting the ministry of an organization called Play For Him, led by Scott Shimada. He's up in uh, the Bay Area. Scott produces a video uh, of testimonies of, of professional athletes, and we're excited about God, how God has been using these videos to reach a lot of people, touching their lives through the testimony of professional athletes. Fifth, during this pandemic and because of your generosity, uh, we have been able, to, we've brought Pastor Dan on in March. Uh, he came on in March. And then, and then recently we added Dan Rowe and Lauren Combs uh, to our team as worship, as co-worship leaders. And they're leading worship for us this weekend. And that means Pastor Caleb is no longer our worship pastor. 
However, he will continue to oversee the worship ministry, but he is now our executive pastor, and I couldn't be more thrilled to have him uh, in that role, serving us in that role. He's our executive pastor. Sixth, we have invested more financial resources into increasing our online presence because everything is online these days. We've uh, upped, uh, our, we've tried to up the technology, and that has allowed us to produce a higher quality service, and, and it re- has really paid off. It really has paid off. And our little church now is reaching more people and more places than it ever did, than it ever has in our entire history. You, know, you might recall that about three months ago, in fact, it was exactly three months ago, we produced and posted on Facebook, Instagram, and on YouTube a six-and-a-half-minute video in which we presented the gospel. It looks like this. And in the last three months, in this three-month span, we have averaged two million views per month for a total of six million views to date. Six million views. The video has been shared more than 30,000 times. It has been commented on more than 4,500 times. One of the comments that we received came from an individual in Punjab, India, where he saw the video. Punjab is one of the largest states in India, 27 million people. It's the heart of Sikhism. Here's what he wrote. He wrote, I was an atheist for most of my life. Religions in my country didn't convince me of the existence of God, but after hearing what you said, I want to take a leap of faith and be in the good graces of God. Isn't that great? He just gave his heart to Christ after watching the video. Another man, another one in Punjab, which is, again, the heart of Sikh country. He wrote, my mother tongue Punjabi, but few words I am understand, but these I am totally understand. And we understand what he says, right? We understand. He's been touched by this video. Someone else commented, I used to wonder what will happen to me if I die. I watched this on an ad. I am decided not to skip it, and for some reason, this touched my heart. After watching it, I cried because Jesus loves us and died for our sins to be forgiven. Thank you for making this video. Praise the Lord. And there are literally hundreds of comments just like these. And you'll notice that this last individual said that she saw the video as a sponsored ad. And that's because... We have been paying Facebook and Instagram and YouTube to promote the video, not only here in the U.S., but in other English-speaking nations all around the world, including nations in Africa and India and in the Philippines and in Asia. And we have had incredible response from people in Kenya and Nigeria and Uganda. But by far, the biggest response has come from the Philippines, where the, where the gospel video is, seems to have gone viral. And uh, take a look at the Facebook Take a look at our church Facebook page where it's, it's posted there, and you'll see all the thousands of comments from people in the Philippines. And, and that has led, this has led more people in the Philippines to watch our services live. And I, I, I don't have the exact figures in front of me, but I estimate that we have spent in the neighborhood of $5,000 a month, $5,000 a month to promote the video. That's about $15,000. And again, the only reason we're, we've been able to do that is because of your generous giving, because this was not a budgeted item. And we've been able to do that. And, and that means you have made the proclamation of the gospel of Jesus possible. All around the world, you are the one who has made that possible. And I believe 
that it has led to the salvation of possibly hundreds of thousands of people, perhaps even more. One day we'll find out. When we go to heaven, we'll find out. And all these people that came to know Jesus because you made this gospel video possible. And now we are in the process of translating, translating the gospel video into to Japanese and hopefully to Spanish. And it's, been, it's kind of a complicated, difficult process. And we run into opposition and all kinds of things. And, and, then we're, and we're also working on a, a third gospel video targeting teenagers. And so please pray for that. And that one's going to be completely different because teenagers speak a different language. And so pray for those involved in that project that uh, God would use them to come up with something and we can get that out there and, and reach teens and, and, and all kinds of folks. And if you want to watch the video again, go to uh, our YouTube channel, SBCC Live. In the search uh, column, you might want to just enter uh, what happens, uh, what happens, and that, that should bring the video right up. And, and you can also watch it on our church, uh, South Bay Community Church Facebook page. Click on the More tab, and then click on Video, and it should be the first video. It'll pop right up. Most importantly, share, if you haven't already, uh, share the video with your family and friends because it clearly presents the gospel of Jesus, the, most, the, the greatest news ever. And uh, hopefully your family and friends will come to know Jesus because of it. And another reason why, another reason Rainer gave for why pastors are leaving their churches today is because they, they can't take the division and the vitriol in the church. And uh, they can't take the nonstop criticisms. That's what he said. And it, and it just seems like people are so angry today, even, even church people. I mean, they're angry if you say something that they don't like or if they disagree with it. They're angry if you don't say something. Uh, they're angry if you do say something. They're angry if you say that black lives matter. They're angry if you say that all lives matter. They're angry if you support, supported Trump. They're angry if you supported Biden. They're angry if, if we open up the church. They're angry if we don't open up the church. They're angry if you wear a mask. They're angry if you don't wear a mask. Uh, and now people are going to probably be angry if you get the vaccine or if you don't get the vaccine. That's probably going to be the next big debate. And let me just say this. We are going to have differences we are going to have differences of opinion, just like you have differences of opinion in marriage. Cheryl and I have differences of opinion all the time, and she's wrong and I'm right. <laughs> I should say, she's right and I'm always wrong. But there will always be differences of opinion in the church, right? Whenever you get two people together, you're going to have differences of opinion. Where do you want to eat? I want to eat this. I want to eat that. There, there are people in our church who voted for Trump, and there are people in our church who voted for Biden, but guess what? They both love Jesus. They love Jesus, and we have people in our church who, who would describe themselves as politically conservative, and there are others who would describe themselves as politically progressive, but they love Jesus. And there are people in our church who, who believe that climate change is a real issue, and there are other people who don't believe that climate change is an issue at all, but they love Jesus, which means at the end of the day, at the end of the day, what, what unites us as a church is not our politics, and it's not the color of our skin, and it's not our nationality. What unites us is our love and devotion to Jesus. You see, it is in him and through him that the church is a family. We are a family. I love the way Paul put it in Ephesians 
He said, so then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. You're members of the household of God. And I love the way the New Living Translation puts it. So now you Gentiles are no longer strangers and foreigners. You are citizens along with all of God's holy people. You are members of God's family. You see, we are family. That's what a church is. We are family. And that means we love each other. We love each other, and, and we mustn't let anything come between us in the way, get in the way of our loving each other. Not politics, not a lockdown, not, not anything. And that means, Cindy, you're watching in Tennessee. You're part of our family. And Mary, you're watching from New Jersey. You're part of our family. And Stacy, you watch from New York every Saturday. You're part of our family. And Sam, you watch regularly from Ghana. You are part of our family. And Keiko, you watch every week from Japan, and you are part of our family. And Jocelyn and Dion, you watch from two different parts of the Philippines. You know, I don't think we even know each other, but you are part of our family. And Suaina from Samoa, you watch every week. You are part of our family. And even, even though we can't meet together in one building, we are a family. We are part of the household of God. And, and that brings me to the third reason why we, we love the church and we're not going anywhere. And it's because our church is a family. And, and I can honestly say, speaking on behalf of our families, that, that uh, we see and feel your love every day. And it isn't just for us, but we see the love that you have for each other. And we see the love that you have even for people that you may not agree with. Because it's not about politics. It's, it's about loving each other in Jesus Christ. And when it comes to criticism, let me just say something about criticism. One pastor uh, told, told Rayner that he has experienced a five-fold increase in criticisms directed at him since the pandemic. Do you know how much in criticism has increased uh, in our church against or toward pastors during this pandemic? Do you know how much it has increased? I'll tell you, zero percent. Zero percent. Now, that doesn't mean that we haven't had some frank conversations with people this year. And it doesn't mean that there's no criticism because we're doing everything right, because that's not true. We don't always do everything right, and we have made some mistakes. Um, but when we make a mistake, when someone in our church uh, is concerned about something we say or something we do, they have loved us enough to come to us and to tell us. And... Um, Sometimes we've had to apologize and we've had to ask for forgiveness. But because they come to us as a member of our family, they and we leave our meetings as family, loving each other more than when that meeting started. That's what a family does, right? When you have differences, you, you talk about it in a loving, gracious manner. And that's why we love our church you know, let me close with this. You know, about two weeks ago, I bought these solar-powered LED lights for our front yard. They look like this. This is not our front yard, but they look exactly like these are the ones I bought. And, and then we, have, we, put, we put some in the front, and then we put some on the side of the house. The side of the house is the path leading to the front door. Our front door is not in the front. Our front door is in the side of the house. And so this path leading to the front, which is where we need the lights, really, because we don't want anyone to trip as they're going up to the front door. Um, and here, here's the problem we, 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 have, we found out. And that is because they're solar-powered uh, uh, LED lights, 
unless it is in the direct sunlight, unless it's exposed sunlight, they don't work. They don't work. Well, the ones on the side are, are in the shade all day. In fact, I asked Natalie to take a picture. She took a picture, and you notice that, that these lights are in the, in the shade, and they're in the shade all day long. So guess what? When night comes, they don't give any light. They're dark. They're, they're worthless. These lights are worthless. It's like a light that you put under a basket. It's worthless. In order for these lights to work, they must be exposed to the sun, S-U-N. When the same way, if we're going to be a light to the world, we've got to be exposed to the sun, S-O-N, not S-U-N. We've got to be exposed to the sun, the Lord Jesus. See, only when we're joined to Jesus will we give off any light. John 15, your final passage. Jesus said, abide in me and I in you. And as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. And I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. And let me, let me read this to you in the Passion Translation because I think it captures the essence in case you didn't get the ESV. Here's what the Passion Translation says. So you must remain in life union with me. For I remain in life union with you. For as a branch severed from the vine will not bear fruit, so your life will be fruitless unless you live your life intimately joined to mine. I am the sprouting vine and you're my branches. And as you live in union with me as your source, fruitfulness will stream from within you. But when you live separated from me, you're powerless. You see, lockdown or no lockdown, I want to challenge you to remain in life union with Jesus. Because without him, we can't survive. Without him, the church will truly die. We need Jesus. So I want to challenge you, be intimately joined to Jesus. And when you are out of the flow of your relationship with Jesus will come a light. You will be a light. And you will be someone with a big heart. And you will love God's family. And you will make the church so attractive and so beautiful that no pastor will ever want to leave it. And when someone asks you to describe the church, pick one word. They'll pick many words. Like beautiful, amazing, incredible, overwhelming, glorious, because we're connected to Jesus. That's you. That's why you're good. That's why we're not going anywhere. Let's close our time in prayer. You know, as you have your heads bowed and your eyes closed, I want to ask you something. Are you joined to Jesus? Are you connected to Jesus? You, you know, you don't have to be disconnected to him just because we're in a lockdown mode. 
you could be connected to him and you could be growing and thriving in your relationship with God even in spite of a lockdown. If you've drifted away from him, today's, make this a day, this would be a good time just to tell him, God, forgive me for drifting away from you. Today's a good time to just recommit yourself to him. Why don't you do that? Why don't you just say to him, Father, forgive me for drifting away from you. Father, forgive me, forgive me for just not allowing you to be my life source. Forgive me, forgive me for all the things I've been preoccupied with. Forgive me for my anger. Forgive me for my hate. Forgive me for being so consumed with other things other than you. Today, I want to renew my relationship with you. And maybe you're out there today and you're hearing this for the first time or maybe the 10th time and you've never made Jesus your life source. Why don't you tell him today, God is real. Jesus is real. Watch the gospel video. He is real and he loves you. And he sent his son to die on a cross just for your sins. Why don't you ask him to be part of your life today? Just say this to him. Dear Father, forgive me of my sins. I confess to you that I'm a sinner and I need you. And today I give you my life. I acknowledge that Jesus was the Christ, the son of the living God, and that he died on the cross for my sins. Today, as best as I know how, I ask you to come into my life. Forgive me of my sins and make me the person you want me to be. Will you pray that prayer? And I want to pray. Maybe you're out there today and you're at you're the church and your church is struggling. Don't give up. Or maybe you're a pastor and you just happen to be watching. Don't give up. Right? Pastor, help your church to understand the word of God. Help them to understand what the church is all about. And, and you just keep at it. You keep going. Let me pray for you. Father, I know that there are a lot of hurting people out there, a lot of hurting churches out there, and it just saddens us so much to hear of pastors feeling so discouraged that they think that the, the answer is to walk away. Oh, Father, come alongside them. Encourage their hearts. Father, I pray that you would work in the hearts of their church, that they'd be like South Bay family who would just be willing to be a light to serve you, to serve their pastor, to encourage him, to support him. Father, help them to, to do all that they can, to be generous. Father, I pray that they would put away wrath and anger. There'd be no more division, no more contentiousness. And Father, bless their churches and get them on the, on the path to health so that they can help fulfill the great commission, God, because we need every church out there. We need every single one. He's just totally on fire for you. So Lord, thank you. Thank you for the church. Thank you for the encouragement, God, that our church has been to us. Father, and, and, and continue to use the gospel video to reach more. And Father, for all those that have committed their lives to Christ through it, Father, you know who they are. Direct them to churches where they can grow in their faith and love of you. So thank you, Father. We love you, and we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.